Thank you, Father, for your spirit. Thank you because he is still coming. We are still receiving him, even into our heart. Thank you because he bringing him, bringing us under dispensation after dispensation of mercy, quickening our heart to connect you, our Father, to fellowship with you, to feel you. Lord, we love you. We love your presence. We love the the taste. Of your presence we love to hear your voice we love you our God we worship you we declare an everlasting love this morning our God and Father we enjoy your company we enjoy the comfort that your truth brings to our soul we enjoy the the giving of your spirit we enjoy Lord the building up of our souls there's no place we'd rather be. We enjoy the privilege of sitting at your table, feasting before you, our God and our Father, this morning. Lord, let your spirit come and lay aside every heaviness, every spirit of heaviness. May it come this morning, Lord, and usher us, Lord, into the secret place. That secret place where your voice echoes, where you speak with love, with your love voice, our Father. We thank you because of the table this morning that's prepared before us. We thank you also for ministering graces. The, the graces, Lord, to move in the Spirit, to follow your leading, to follow the leading of the Spirit, to follow the leading of the Spirit within the Scriptures, within the book. Thank you, our God and our Father. We, we worship you, Elohim. We thank you, El Shaddai, the multi-breasted God, the one who is more than enough, who's, who satisfies our soul daily, constantly loading us with benefit to come to receive the bread for today. There is no end of bread with you. Thank you, our God. We believe you have something new, something fresh to speak to us this morning. Lord, I yield my heart to you to use as a vehicle, as a channel to communicate your your spirit to communicate your word this morning let's continue the impartation this morning Amen. father let there be a continuance the giving of spirit Amen. father measures of the holy ghost Amen. use words lord as instrument of impartation this morning that we will all take our our share of the spirit we will take our own measure of the spirit even as understanding is given thank you our god we worship your holy name we give all the praise to you in jesus name we pray amen hallelujah glory to your name amen good morning Please just welcome someone. Just say, uh, I'm happy to see you this morning. Praise God. I greet everyone online and say, Good morning, welcome, and, and God bless you. Amen. 
Uh, let us uh, let's read the book of Romans, chapter eight. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, thank you. Um, let's see Romans 8, verse, verse 26. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Romans 8, 26. Uh, Brother Luke, you can read, please. Yes. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth. Okay. Romans 8, 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And the Spirit, and he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did for know, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them also he called, and whom he called, them also he justified, and whom he justified, Amen. them also he glorified. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. 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 Um, praise God. Amen. Uh, verse 26 again says, Likewise the Spirit. Amen. Also, helps our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought amen. amen for we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints praise god according to the will of god uh, so the the spirit helps our infirmities right so the the main purpose of the spirit is for help praise god the main purpose of the main reason why we have the spirit or why the spirit was was given is for for help. I think Jesus said it. Um, I think that is is uh, they speak about, about him as a comforter, as a also as a helper. I praise God. So spirit is for to is to help. The purpose of the spirit is to help men. Amen. To help men and to help the infirmities of men. Praise God. We need the Spirit to help what? To help the infirmities of men. And the way He helps the infirmity of all, from this verse, we're seeing that one of the main areas of infirmities is what we should pray for. Praise God. It's what we should pray for and what we pray for the 
why we miss what we should pray for is because of a, a gap in knowledge. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought to pray. So there are two problems there. There is what and there is how. Praise God. There is, there is what and there is how. There is, in prayer, there is the what of prayer and there is the how of prayer. So these are two areas of prayer that men must learn. Right? Sometimes someone can know the, the, the what, but they don't know the how of prayer. Some, sometimes someone can know the how, but they don't know the what of prayer. Praise God. Uh, but the Spirit, uh, the help of the Spirit is to bring, to help bring, raise the standard of the what and the and the how praise god and now prayer when you say prayer here so this doesn't just mean that the holy ghost is only sent to help in your prayer life that's not what they're saying praise god um when you say prayer life, there's really really nothing like prayer life in a sense because as a christian your prayer is who you are so it is how the one way to measure a, a a believer. We know, of course, when you speak doctrinally, the yardstick of measurement is faith and love in the New Testament. Amen. But you know, there's a way you can measure you can measure something. Amen. Amen. Like let's say a car. Instead of going to measure the size of the engine, measure the how. Praise God. Do your mathematical calculations on, and you can, which can give an accurate result on how good a car is. You cannot measure how fast can you accelerate. Just looking at it from the outside, you, got, you know that what is the output of a thing because the thing cannot give out more output than its inward capacity. Praise God. So, so that's what makes prayer a a measurement. Every every spiritual entity is a praying machine. Yes. Is a machinery of prayer. Praise God. And if you take prayer from a spiritual, from a soul, and you weigh the prayer, that can also give you the measurement of the soul. You, you, can, you can measure men by the, what they can generate in prayer or through prayers. Praise God. So prayer is actually a, prayer is, an, is the output of stature. In the spirit, praise God. Prayer is what is the is the output of stature. What what stature can muster? Praise the Lord. Stature can when they start one one stature prays another stature prays. What they can do might be different. Praise the Lord. So so that so prayer is also a safe measurement of. What who a stature is. So a lot of times when they refer to prayer in the New Testament, they are not just talking about your prayer life, how many hours you pray a day, if you are saying the right words in prayer, and all of that. What they are actually talking about is the when they say prayer, they are talking about your your whole Christian life, because to fix prayer, to fix the prayer capacity, the output of prayer, you have to fix the man. Amen. You know, prayer is, prayer is powerful. One of the main purposes of raising priests 
in the Old Testament, so they can pray for the people. And those priests, the, the, the word of, that a priest utters in prayer can do things that an average Israelite might not be able to achieve. They might not, God might not even listen to them. They can't even get the ears of God in prayer. But a priest, by virtue of stature, by virtue of knowledge, he can offer, he can stand in between and make prayers for the people. Praise God. You saw reference to that in the book of Joel, chapter 2. You remember Joel chapter 2? If we read it when, um, you know, they spoke about the outpouring of the Spirit. Well, before the outpouring of the Spirit, there, amen. Before the outpouring of the Spirit, it was, that is the outpouring of the Spirit says should happen afterward. Right in verse 28, it said it shall come to pass afterward, but before that, there were things that he mentioned just should be done. Now, one of the things was verse 17, he said, Let the priests, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare the people, O Lord, and give not an heritage to reproach, and the heathen should rule over them. Now, before he mentioned the priests, Asking the priest to spare. You know, he has already asked them to call a fast before. Am I correct? What verse is that? And that is 1 14. 1 verse what? 14. Chapter 1? Yeah, chapter 1 verse 14. Where is it? It says, Sanctify ye fast, then call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord, and then cry unto the Lord. Are you, do you see that? Mm-hmm. There you see, so they call it fast. Sanctify ye fast. And so, of course, the whole people can be fasting. Mm-hmm. But out of the people, you have to now call some people, mm-hmm. elders, inhabitants, into the house and let them de- then cry unto the Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so you see the priests, they now said about the priests that the priests also have to come together and give their own prayer. And of course, the prayers of the priests, because they, are, they have knowledge. So knowledge is what the priest has that makes the priest able to pray better than the average Israelite. You see, that knowledge gap is what the Spirit also comes to help. Because it's what makes his stature that knows not what to pray for. In order to add the knowledge of what to pray for to his soul, it takes development. Because knowledge is development. Praise God. So, if you go back to Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse... 26, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession with, for us with groanings which cannot be altered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what the mind of the Spirit is, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So, the Knowledge of the will of God. 
is the capacity of prayer. Praise the Lord. The, the knowledge of the will of God is what? Is the capacity of prayer. So how much prayer you can pray, what you can do in the spirit by prayer has something to do with the amount of storage of the will. What made one thing about Jesus that made him unique was his capacity in prayer. When you read the Gospels, you tell that what, what made that man, the, what he, he had edge over the priests, over the Pharisees, over the, the those guys, they had many pe- love pedigrees, mm-hmm. the natural, but Christ, Jesus was a different kind of man. He had f- pure, open access to the Father in prayer. Now, do you know that it took, it took that 30 plus years to secure such audience? And access with with the Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. I can bet you when Jesus was younger that, that the Father was not his he didn't have that much audience with God. In the book of um in the book of John chapter eleven, you saw he said, I know that thou hearest me always. I know that thou that hearest me. Can you say that? Is there anybody who can say that? that I know that any time I say God is hearing me. Praise God. And sometimes when you're, when you're praying, you're never sure that person. <laughs> you are still, part of you is still holding me. Is that this prayer I'm praying? Is it, is it even passing this place? <laughs> but Jesus had come into assurance. He said, I know that thou, that thou hearest me. And that thou hearest me always. You always hear me. Why? Because of that something that was built in him. His stature. So stature gives audience in the spirit. Praise God. You know, it's, it's the lie the devil has sold to us that to make, to make God answer your prayer. Go and pray more and pray more and pray more and pray more. And by, as if by Zoe, Jesus said, as though by, he was almost mocking the Pharisees. Although he wasn't mocking them, I'm sure he was compassionate about their situation. But he was warning his disciples, don't be like these guys. Don't follow their way. They come out and they stand in the street corner and they are shouting and they are praying as though by their much talking and repetitions that God will hear them by their much repetitions. But he said, no, that's not how you pray. Go and lock up yourself in your closet. When you have shut the door, then pray to your father. And then the father which seeth in secret. <laughs> Praise God. Your, your father which seeth in secret. What does it mean? The father seeth in secret. So, so there's something about the, him, the secret of men and prayers. What is the meaning of that? Lock the door after you have shut the door. It means that get to a place where it's only you and God. Right? So if you are only you and God, it means nothing else matters. It's what is inside you trying to connect God. And then the Father will see it in secret. Then he brings reward according to what he sees. Amen. So, so if, if, if we will grow, even, I'm thinking even just collectively as a church, you know, sometimes we wonder, the church will say, let's come together and pray. We come together and pray and pray about something and it's as if things are not happening. Praise God. Um, what we need in the church is not, to, to be honest, not too much more prayer alone. Right? It's not 
too much prayer alone. It's, there has to be a bridging of the knowledge gap. Right? There's a gap in knowledge. In other words, what God is concerned about, what He's thinking about, what He wants to do is on one side. What the church is aware of and what we are praying for on the, on the other side. So, until that gap of knowledge is bridged, the church will not fulfill what Jesus called it. So that my house should be a, a house of, of prayer. And you know when Jesus said that it was when he went into the temple and then there were guys who were buying and selling. They, they are not concerned about the, the, the will of the house, the purpose of the house. They are using it for other purposes. Praise the Lord. They must have done bargain with the priest. Because you can't just go into the temple and buy and sell. I mean somehow maybe when they sell the doves. You know what they were selling? I bet you what they were selling were sacrificed animals. You know, just make it very close by. <laughs> so, so when you are, <laughs> you know, when you are when you are coming to the temple, you are supposed to have brought your animal. Your, you should have taken time, go to your farm, pick the best, check it, keep checking it, wait, you know, feed it and everything. Take is what you've taken care of for a long time. That's what you bring. That's a, the kind of sacrifice you bring. But they change everything. You don't want it to just on the way. Come when you just when you get there, just bring money. We can sell doves, sell ram. What do you want? Ram? Do you want cow? You buy it. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So that, that's what they were doing. And Jesus came and said, no, that's not my house. The house of my father, it should be a house of prayer. Amen. Amen. So every house, of course, the house collectively as a church, and also every believer is a temple. Right? Every believer is a temple. Your soul is a temple. Your body is also a temple. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Your, your body is where the Holy Ghost positions himself. Praise God. For, to generate help for the man. Praise God. So that temple is supposed to be what? A house of what? Of prayer. Praise God. Uh, so, so you see what prayer? Prayer is a very powerful thing in the in the spirit. Prayer is a very powerful thing. In fact, it, a lot of times the reason why you are growing is so you can pray. The reason why they have to build you up is so you can pray. The more developed you are, the more your capacity of prayer. There, are, there are many things that will not happen except by prayer. There are a lot of things that will not what? Except by prayer. Except there are souls who have been developed to pray for such things. To, who have come into consciousness to pray for it. Amen. One thing that, that will never happen without prayer is that the veil into the holiest will never part without prayer. The veil into the, that second veil cannot part. That place of the veil parting is a realm of serious prayers. It's a realm of prayers. Because that's where you have the altar of incense, right? Amen. That's where the, the, is a place of offering of prayer. And it's a place where God, people who have journeyed in stature, to, to get to that point, took a journey. The reason why you journey and journey is so you can acquire stature, so you can pray. The, the altar of incense in the temple is an altar where they, of measuring prayer. There's a connection between that altar. It's not just by the veil. 
right? Just beside the veil. There's a connection between the golden altar in the sanctuary and the veil. It's the altar that tells the veil when it can part. Amen. It's like when, when you know you watch all these all these movies and you want to get access to where the vault, where they store the thing. You have this one. You have to go there and scan either your retina or your fingerprint or something. That that thing communicates with the locks on the door, tell you that this person is approved. You can, you can. So that, that retina, whatever that is, the sacrifice. It's like the blood that you put. Amen. Amen. You know the way that altar works. The altar, that, that altar, the altar itself is, it's, the way it's, it, is, it signifies stature. You know, the, the ark is rectangle, facing, lying down. But the altar is standing up. It's also rectangle, but it's standing up. It's talking about you have to be built up to, of, to offer at that altar. And it takes two things, blood and incense. Blood and incense. And the blood is not pouring. It's just on the horns of the altar. You are, take, you are taking a, a, a specimen. Am I correct? Yes, sir. So what really receives the blood in its volumes is the altar outside, in the outer court. That's the one that receives the blood. The one in the holy place is testing the blood. It's not receiving it. The blood has been received since. They received the blood. And the temple is a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a quickener of blood. It's to, the journey in the temple is to walk on the blood. To exchange the blood. It's exchange the genes in the blood. Through by the teaching of sanctification. It's to sanctify the blood. Praise God. And then when it gets to the altar, you have to put a sample of the blood. For on the four corners of it. And then, offer, when they has received the blood, they say, okay, this one is, 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 is good. Then you have to offer incense. Pray. And then, part of that incense that is offered of that place, in that place, praise God, Hallelujah. is, in fact, the incense that you take into the most holy, you actually pick it up from that place. Hmm. From that altar. The, I mean, what you have to be carrying to pass through the veil. The, you have to have blood, you have to have incense as well to pass through the veil. That is, so it is what has passed through the altar that passes through the veil. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's what that has done what? That passes, what has passed through the altar that has what passes that passes through the veil. Praise God. So I'm just describing that to show that there is more they are speaking about here than just your prayer life going to pray. Yeah, they are talking about development of stature. So it, it is more about it's not really about praying for something here. It's more about what the Holy how the Holy Spirit can help the infirmity of a nature, how you can help the infirmity of a man's nature. That hinders the capacity of praying. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you seeing that? Say, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, 
but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which what cannot be what altered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. He that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he 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 maketh intercession for who the saints according to what according to the will of God now the reason for this help the help of the spirit are in different ways there are different ways it helps now the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us that is counted a help praise God but what the what the ultimate goal of the spirit is so that the heart can generate prayers at the same level of accuracy that the spirit can generate now you see two things here now he who is receiving the intercession of the spirit is of course it's the father as God. Now, he that's receiving this intercession of the Spirit, really, what he really, really does is to search the heart. That's his, his main place of search. But he that searches the heart also listens to the intercession of the Spirit. Because there are times when he's going to search the heart and can't find in the heart the will. Then but when he gets there enough, and there is a helper with the man who is making intercession for him according to the will of God. Amen. This is what makes the Holy Spirit powerful. Now, when you are praying with the Spirit, you don't know what you are. Sometimes you don't even know what you're praying about. You're praying about <laughs> things that are not sometimes things that are not even in your heart. Yeah. Praise God. The Holy Spirit can do that. So so he that searches the heart, what yeah. knoweth what the mind of the spirit is. What is the mind of because he maketh intercession for the saints according to what to according to the will of god praise the lord amen amen Amen. but so what the so what the holy spirit really is supposed to do is by of course when he is he starts by making intercession according to the will of god praise god but he then is also a teacher right he's also a what he's also a teacher praise god in the book of john jesus said it i have many things to say you can't bear them now but how be it when he the spirit of truth is come that he will guide you into all truth. Right? By, of course, by the process of revelation. 
right? Because how will he guide into truth? He will begin to take off what is mine, and he will begin to show them. He will begin to reveal them to you. So, the spirit is not enough to just to stay in the place where you say, I have the Holy Spirit. He's making an intercession for me. Right? There is the intercession, praise God. There's what you call intercession for the saints. That's Romans chapter 27, verse 27 here. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is a valid operation in the spirit for every Christian who is born again. The Holy Ghost makes intercession. How he, he, he does it with groanings that cannot be uttered. This is one level of the spirit operation. Now, what is the meaning of groanings that cannot be uttered? It's talking about a level where that believer hasn't come into capacity for utterance of this intercession. So it is when, when the Spirit is praying things pertaining for this believer, operating in an intercessory position or a role in this believer's life, and at that point, it is he's, he's praying according to the will of God, which is pertaining to things that are beyond the level of utterance that this believer can have. Such a prayer is what you call intercession for the saints. That is, the, the Spirit is making intercession for the saints. There's another prayer called intercession of the saints. Or the prayers of the saints. You see that in the book of Revelation, which is when they showed the, the bowl full of incense, a vial full of incense. And say which is the word prayers. And that word prayer is also intercession. It's also prayer. Prayer intercession. The same thing. is the prayers of the saints. So there's the prayers of the saints. The prayer of the saints is not the Holy Ghost making intercession for them according to the will of God. Those saints who are praying in the book of Revelation, who are they? They are saints who have been then, whose infirmity has been healed, has been helped, has been healed fully. They no longer have infirmity. They are in a place where they can they know what to pray as they ought. Yeah. They know what to pray as they ought. Yeah, this Romans 8 place is a, is a good place. People, Christians, will likely enjoy it. You know, just, just, just speaking in tongues. You know, you go take care of everything. Whatever you saying, that's not my business. I don't care. Amen. Groanings that cannot be uttered. Right. Let's just pray and be praying. Amen. <laughs> but there is a there is a level of growth where the soul gets to, where these groanings can now be uttered. When the gap of knowledge has been breached when the infirmity has been has been dealt with or has been healed teaching it will guide you into all truth it will guide you into all truth are you seeing the holy spirit the holy spirit is there are many things that he's doing 
One of them, of course, is this part of it. That's one of them. The, uh, the, the purpose of this intercession, the, the reason for intercession, the reason, why they use, the, the reason why they didn't use the word prayer, although intercession is prayer, but they have to tell you the kind of prayer in spe- specifically that they are, they are doing here. The word really intercession means go and pave way for access. That's the meaning of intercede. Yeah, in the current state, he can't access now. He can't come. So I have to stand in the gap and create a way to intercede for, for the access. Uh, do you see that? So, so this prayer of the saints, when he's making intercession, it's not the end picture. The, it's not the end picture. Uh, you see that? But so in this intercession, right, intercession, in this intercession, see, because it makes an intercession for the saints according to the will. According to the will of God. It's according. The intercession is according to the will of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, so you see, the purpose of this intercession is not, it's not so the Holy Spirit is not supposed to be an intercessor forever. The purpose of the, part of the reason of the Holy Spirit coming is for the purpose of bringing near. To create the uh, uh, what needs to be done, so that the soul can can come, can come closer. Amen. And what will make the soul come closer, of course, is the healing of the what of the infirmities. That what makes the soul not firm. Amen. Are we making sense today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you glory. 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 Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, so the Spirit, um, it begins with us as an intercessor. And now what he's doing is trying to, we saw um, part of the, purpose, the reason for the, the giving of the Spirit, and his dealings, his administration in the heart, is to give Spirit. Yeah. That, what we call small letter S, yes. right? The capital letter S is the giver of small letter S. Right. So what really makes a praying stature is, is spirit. Is, is what, how much spirit you have. Amen. That, summer, that's, that is the summation of your stature in the spirit. Is how much of that small letter spirit you have mm. amen now when you now if you divide if you take a spirit small letter s mm. a measure of spirit mm. amen mm. and let's say you can go and take it <laughs> in the uh, somehow <laughs> you can go and take one portion of spirit mm. praise god and then go and study that one portion of spirit you see what makes up one spirit are many 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 things that are that composes of one spirit in a man inside that spirit you you see the 
a is a masterful composition. Mm-hmm. Right? That thing called spirit. No, no, that's that's the Holy Ghost specialty. The Holy Ghost is, is, is the man who knows the composition of how to m- divide spirit, mm-hmm. how to produce spirit mm-hmm. and minister it mm-hmm. to a soul. So only the Holy Ghost can give spirit. Is mm-hmm. Holy Ghost is the mixer of in God. Mm-hmm. He is the one who can take the things of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. He can do what? Take the things and then reveal them to us. Those things and the things of God are not ordinary. They are prepared. Mm-hmm. They are prepared. Mm-hmm. By, that's the First Corinthians chapter 2. I have not seen or ear heard what God has prepared for them that love God. He has revealed them to us by the Spirit. Praise God. So those things called Spirit, inside in that Spirit, there are many things. You see the nature of, you see, when you open one Spirit, you see many things. You see grace inside there. You see mercy inside there. You see revelation. You see knowledge. You see truth. You see the mixture of things, God of nature. What composes the nature of God? Now, can you mix such a thing? Can you mix it? I don't care how skillful you are, a man of God, a preacher, and then you, you want to mix things. You know, you know, sometimes you think the Bible is like school, where you come and say, well, now you have to be, don't be proud though, hold that one. And let's add, don't lie, add that one to not, be, not being proud. Don't fornicate, add that one. Don't be, don't have, don't be jealous, right? Add that. And then you keep adding, <laughs> praise God. By the time you get to don't be jealous, you're forgetting the first one. <laughs> so it's, uh, praise God. So that's the problem with religion. You are trying to make people. But when you see a religious man, one of the signs of a religious man is that he only keeps the one in front of him. <laughs> when, he's, when he's keeping that one with all his life, he has, he's violating 100 others that he has forgotten. <laughs> It's a religious man you can see that is holding holiness. But in that holiness, he has broken love. He has killed love a long time ago. He has destroyed peace. He has destroyed all culture. He has even forgotten them. You just hold on, hold on to one. <laughs> Amen. You know, in trying to you be holy, don't you? You can be doing that and then you, are, you forgot that you should be issue love <laughs> in the process. Because those things you are trying to execute, you are trying to execute a righteousness that is not, it is not spirit. So it doesn't have everything. It's not whole. It's not what what Paul calls the whole counsel. Is all the things that composes God. You can compress it in the right measures, and it's living. It, it, are you going to say that's what you call spirit? So, so that's, that thing is what ministers of the spirit can minister. Mm. That religious talkers and teachers cannot give mm. to soul. Mm. Mm. Are you saying that? I don't know. Have you seen there's this, this season? Is some, they are trying to teach us some things. Mm. You, you should now divide to know the. You want to see the essence of why. Why New Testament life? Mm-hmm. New Testament learning? Mm-hmm. Why is it a certain way? Mm-hmm. Why there is strict necessity? Yes. Why is it that God, when you go outside spirit, they will close the book. Mm-hmm. And God will leave you do, be doing your thing. Do it's not as if God hates you. 
It's just that there's an arena where God exposes himself. It's, it's the arena of the spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Do you see that? So, so here, the Holy Spirit. So, not not every every believer you get born again, you don't have you don't really have spirit yet. Amen. Amen. You don't have spirit. What is spirit? Spirit is that the properties of God, of Christ, two beings, Christ and God. Their nature, because those are the two natures that you inherit. Christ and God. There is the spirit, lower S, that constitutes Christ's nature. You know, Christ's nature constitutes spirit. When they install that, you see a Christ will emerge. Then there is what you call spirit, that is God's nature. When that one now gets installed, and that one gets installed into Christ, that the only place it fits into is a Christ. <laughs> right. So if you try to bring someone that where well, you've not installed Christ and you want to install oh you can't it will not work. There's because there is nothing for him to to move upon. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so now the, the Holy Ghost. Um, thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, to bridge this knowledge gap, mm. you need. They, they, you have to graduate in the in the administration of the spirit. Mm. You know this place where he's making intercession is one level mm. of his administration in his soul. Praise God. But there will now be a time where, okay, it's time to, to bridge the gap. Mm. Is The way you bridge the gap, of course, is bringing knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, Do you agree? Yes, now, how many of you believe that there can't be knowledge without utterance. Utterance is key for knowledge. Right? Utterance is what? Is key for knowledge. Utterances. Now, the utterance for knowledge is what and how it comes about, right? Is is what Isaiah chapter twenty eight speaks of. Isaiah chapter twenty eight. Praise God. Let's see from verse nine. Isaiah twenty eight verse nine. He says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? Right? Whom shall he teach knowledge? And and then whom shall he make understand doctrine? So who will he teach? Who will he make understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from milk and drawn from the, from the breast, we know that. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. And then what? Here a little. Here a little. 
precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, there here a little, there a little, for with stammering lips and then another tongue will he what speak to these people. Amen. So for with stammering lips and another tongue. Let's go back to verse 9 again. Father, we thank you. It says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? So, what he needs to speak to these people are what things here? Knowledge and doctrine. Right? To teach knowledge. What is knowledge? Knowledge of what? Knowledge of... Do you see that? Teaching knowledge brings about understanding of doctrine. Right? When you teach knowledge, then you make them to understand doctrine. So, who will you teach knowledge and then make to understand doctrine? So, how the speaking to these people is the utterance of teaching of knowledge. So, so what it means is that, and of course, it's the Holy Spirit that's, that's doing this. Um, it says, for with stammering lips and another tongue. Will he what speak to these people? Stammering lips and then another tongue. In that Romans chapter eight where we read, he was speaking about he makes intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. Groanings. With groaning. So who is groaning? Well, the person who has the spirit. So when the spirit is doing that level of intercession, it's groanings. You know, there are groanings that can be uttered. But then there are groanings. There's a level where, which, where groanings cannot be uttered. So when it can't be uttered, uttered, it can't be altered. Anyone, whenever you say it can't be altered, it's because there is not enough capacity for utterance. There is not, I mean, the kind of, and why is there no capacity for utterance? It's the kind of, the kind of lips and tongue that can utter it has not come has not been given. The kind of lips that can utter. Praise God. Hallelujah. The kind of lips that can utter it has not what? Has not been given. And to knowledge, utterance, knowledge abounded unto us. Knowledge, then you see utterance. Praise God. Amen. Utterance is tied to knowledge. Right? It is that it's knowledge. Utterance brings knowledge in terms of where it's coming from. Utterance brings knowledge. Praise God. Utterance brings knowledge. And then knowledge gives utterance to the recipient of knowledge. Do you, do you get that? So, so, so it means anywhere knowledge is, there's utterance with it. 
Knowledge does not move, does not exist without utterance. Am I making sense? Knowledge does not do what? Knowledge does not move without utterance. Because knowledge, when there is knowledge, it means that it's capacity. Knowledge means capacity, stature. Right. When there is knowledge, there is utterance. So it's this here. It talks speaking of of stammering lips, and then another tongue. Will he speak to these people now? We see this stammering lips and another tongue. It is, of course, we know it is the spirit they are talking about here. The what will happen? Praise God. Uh, what the 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 increase of the spirit within a person can bring about. P- Peter made a um, reference to it in Acts chapter two, he, where he quoted he quoted from Joel. Then he also quoted this place. If you can remember, Jimmy, am I correct? In Acts chapter 2. This is what was said by the prophet Joel. What verse is that? 17. And now, brother, I want. No? Acts 2, verse 17. Praise God. He said, And it shall come to pass, yes. So for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is what that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream what? Dreams and on my servants, on my handmaidens, will I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke, and the sun shall be turned into darkness, moon and blood for the great notable day of the Lord. Praise God. You see that? Then, um, let's see. Where did he quote? Praise God. Amen. Okay. Let us let us see something else. Amen. I just want to put this thing together. There's something very amazing here. Now, you see, it was that place was speaking about prophecy. I think we spoke about that on Wednesday uh, when we read Joel chapter 2. That the Spirit, when the, there's outpouring of the Spirit, it brings about the imagery. Right? What imagery means, it brings something that was first in the realm of the unseen. Not, of course, with physical eyes. This is a spiritual thing. So the eyes of the heart. That was first unseen by the heart. Prophecy brings what was first unseen by the heart into the sight of the heart. Praise God. Into what? The sight of the heart. That's what 
prophecy is. Now, prophecy Amen. Amen. When there is the the will of God, you know, the will of God comes by, it's made known by revelation, the actual will of God. The will of God can exist. The Spirit can have access to it and be interceding according to the will. But when that's happening, if it's happening with that at that level where there is no utterance, groanings that cannot be uttered, praise God. It means that that will ha- is not yet seen by the soul. Okay? The will has not yet been, it's not yet known by the soul. Right? Now, what establishes the knowledge of the will of the soul, for the soul, I mentioned, is utterance. Utterance brings it in. But utterance is the vocal representation of prophecy. Praise God. Utterance is the word vocal representation of prophecy. When Paul will pray that you pray a door of utterance be open. Door of utterance. Mm-hmm. Door, door of utterance means bring a way that this thing that the gap that you have mm-hmm. that I need to what is needs to fill that gap that I need to come and minister to you, mm-hmm. they have to be alterable. Mm-hmm. If I can't alter them, I can't minister them. Mm-hmm. I can't give them. I can't impart mm-hmm. them. You mm-hmm. get that? Praise God. Hallelujah. So so utterance, 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 which cannot be altered. Utterance is the demystification of tongues. Mm. Or is the demystification of other tongues. Mm. Other tongues. Mm. Utterance is the breaking down, the demystification. Utterance extracts knowledge from tongues. Praise God. Now, that utterance, are you seeing that? But that is the, one of the expression, is a vocal expression of prophecy. That's utterance, it's vocal. But really, if I want to use the full understanding, prophecy is the demystification of tongues. What is tongues? Tongues are. Is, when is a tongue? A tongue? A tongue? Why is the word tongue here? Yeah. I'm not just talking about you speaking in tongues physically. A tongue means a knowledge that is mysterious. That's the meaning of tongues here. It is a, is a knowledge that is mysterious. But when you are, maybe for example, you are praying and then the tongues come. Now, how many of you know that? When you're, if, when you're praying in tongues or praying by the Spirit, so to speak, it's not every time that you are praying in the Spirit that you are saying things that you can't understand. 
there are sometimes even that when you are praying this way, you are even have on you are, in fact there are things you already know you want to pray for. The will of God has already rested there. And they say, Oh, pray about it. Sometimes some let's say message is happening and the message brings about revelation. And that revelation has entered the heart. And you say, Okay, now begin to pray about it. You are praying in that line, but you are praying about an understanding that has already come. How did it come? Prophecy, utterance came, bring up installation. Do you understand? You are not praying in darkness, but you are still praying in tongues. That's not other tongues. That's not other tongues here. And that's, that is not with, praise God, Hallelujah. groanings that cannot be uttered. It's not order if you if it's yours already. And and what makes it yours is if you know it, it has come into the realm of knowledge through utterance. You now have it. It's not another tongue. Right. The reason for another tongue is to bring forth things that you are not within that has not been broken up, opened up within you yet. Do you see that? He says, who will he teach knowledge? What is the purpose of teaching knowledge? Is to bring the understanding of doctrine. And how would that happen? For with stammering lips and another tongue. Say tongue. Tongue. Say lips. They are not the same thing. More tongues... Is more is more inward, right? Tongue is more inward. Lips is to shape utterance. Praise God. The real purpose of lips is to shape the utterance. It's talking about lips. It's talking about mainly for utterance purposes. Tongues, of course, it participates. I'm going between physical and, but there's a, I don't have too much time, so I want to rush as much as I can. If we don't understand what I'm saying fully today, by God's grace, some other time, we'll fully understand it. Amen. 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 Um, but tongues, amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Tongues, say tongues. Tongues. Then lips. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, real utterance is the bringing of understanding, right? Comprehension, giving of knowledge. Praise God. To something that might have been present in the form of a tongue Mm -hmm. before. Or another tongue. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. So, can you say it? Explain explain what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yes. You said utterance is the bringing forth of knowledge from a tongue that could have existed before, okay. right? 
and the way I'm saying what you're saying is that tongue. I, I don't want to say it's a language or this thing, but it's like an understanding that is within, right? So it's still okay, like the roots or it's a is it's spiritual materiality. Okay. That has rested in the heart, in the heart. available in the, in the heart, heart, but has not been but cannot is not yet has not been opened up yes. to yes. Okay. Praise God. Yeah. I'm, I'm here if you know when a tongue comes, we all speak in tongues here. And then we all speak in tongues and how I many of you have been speaking in tongues before? You are speaking in tongues right now, and then a tongue comes. Yeah. You were speaking in tongues before. But you, you get to a place where something just landed. You know, that one is not like you're speaking in tongues. That one is something that just dropped inside your heart. That, that entered is a tongue. Yes. This area is one area of New Testament. This is a necessary thing. That is necessary for is a, this is we are going we are going into the methodology of the spirit in the, the, the of in the new testament these are vital things methodology and some of these things that i'm seeing now thank god for the convention that message reverend teach taught about these things that message was something else amen in that message i, I began to see a lot of things i've been experiencing i didn't know why i cannot if you ask me before that message to explain something, I cannot tell you why. Hmm. <laughs> I can't. In terms of the way the usage and the necessity dependency on tongues hmm. for the apostolic division and access to the New Testament. Praise God. Hallelujah. But that word, in terms of your the actual expression, when you say maybe you are in a meeting, a tongue come. How? What is that? What is actually happening? What is happening is this: is that they just dropped a spiritual spiritual essence. All right, something has come down in the spirit. It can just be here, available in the atmosphere, and someone with a gift can pick it. Right? Someone in the gift can pick it. Right, and then if trying to access it, you can't access it like that because the prophetic grace hasn't opened it up. Or then what you do is you can begin to tongue it and just, well, you're not, that tongue is not, it's not, it's not making it no, it's not opening it. Do you, do you understand that? There has to be another operation to make it open. Praise God. Let's go to time is gone. Let's go to that first Corinthians where Paul was teaching about these things. Now in this first Corinthian church, some of them were you had a mixture of carnal people and spiritual people. 
Right. So, 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 so it means they had at some point began to touch some of these dealings. But in terms of the management of it, even understanding what it means, mm. they had a gap in understanding what were these things that were experiencing. If you read the whole of this chapter, chapter 14 to the end, you see the specific instructions it was giving them. Mm-hmm. You could tell that they had a deficit of understanding how to manage these operations of the spirit. Now, let's read it in chapter 12 first. Chapter 12. Amen. Amen. Now, now I, it's to be clear to everyone. Now we are moving into something. We are not talking. We are not. I'm not teaching how to speak in tongues. I'm not teaching the gift of tongue. I'm, you know what I'm talking yes. about. I'm, I'm showing you that even gifts are for usage, mm-hmm. right? They are not doctrine. They are not mean. Uh, you know what I mean? It's for so. But there are things that we learn. So when you when you see the word tongues prophecy here in this place. They are teaching of vital elements of our, our, um, our economy, mm-hmm. the New Testament economy. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. May the Lord give understanding. Amen. Just now, let's see, let's see in verse thirty-one, First Corinthians twelve. Thank you. Ori pavato no tama poni tevi kali venostes korea de mahano fano fano. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Amen. Amen. Okay. First Corinthians 12. You see, verse 31. It says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, right? And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Now, in this chapter, he has already mentioned the gifts already. Right? He mentioned gifts. Then, he now began to mention other things that are not necessarily gifts. Mm-hmm. But I said they are more like, almost like offices. But they, are, they didn't use the word offices here, but they are set. Those yeah. people who he set, who might have certain gifts, but he set them for certain things. Mm-hmm. But when he came to, at the end of, verse 30, of the chapter in verse 31, he says, covet now, is now, he now goes back to the gifts. Do you see? Yes, sir. He's speaking about the gifts now. He's now saying, covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Now, read that verse 31. Again, look at it. Now, he didn't say covet earnestly all the gifts of the Spirit. Out, out of the nine gifts of the Spirit, there are hierarchies of them out of the nine there are some of them that are the best of them and it's those best one they told you to covet it's not every gift that Paul said covet there are some gifts of the spirit you should not covet The ones you should covet are the best of them. Praise God. And you see, the, see those best ones, don't just covet them. Covet them earnestly. Yeah. Now, 
I, I wonder why would he, I, I read this thing before because there was something about the spirit I felt of this verse to me that did not align with what I knew about New Testament. To me, I was like, no, why would you be coveting earnestly gifts of the spirit? If you say covet Christ, covet God, but if they, if they give gifts, accept them. <laughs> that felt more to me. If I said that, I say, hey, now you're talking. You sound like a New Testament Paul that I know. Yeah, he didn't tell him to convert gifts of the Spirit. It didn't seem to me as what Paul would say. Until the Spirit showed me, no, no, Paul wasn't saying that. What Paul, Paul was saying, you should convert earnestly at the best gifts. Because those best gifts, those, they, are, they are gifts that if you take them away, the New Testament will close. Because those gifts are the tools for accessing the New Testament. It's not every tool gift that's it. The gifts of healing, working of miracles, are not tools for accessing the New Testament. But out of the nine gifts, there are some, and we'll see the, the best gifts. Now, you see, he mentioned this, then he now began the same thing. He spoke about charity in chapter 13. He spoke about the more excellent way in chapter 13, am I correct? Which is charity. Right? So in the end of verse 12, we say, Covet the best gifts. Then it says, And. So it, and means to covet the best gifts, hold the best gifts when you have them. And on top of them, there's something more I want to show you now about it. <laughs> there's a link between these. If you drop those best gifts, you can't. Do you see that? Then in chapter 14, after he has established charity, then chapter 14, verse 1, he now see this charity, this the real thing you should follow. Now follow after it and desire what? Spiritual gifts. Do you see that? Now, desire spiritual gifts. Follow up a charity, desire spiritual gifts, then it's qualifying. See that, but rather. That word, but rather, does not apply to the charity. That one, charity is settled. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. But that spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. This is now beginning to tell you the best gifts. Now, this. Gifts, the best gifts. You ask me, what well, out of the nine, which are the best gifts? They are the gifts that you see in chapter 14. And there are three of them. There are only three of the gifts of the Spirit you see in chapter 14. Those are the best gifts. Can you name them? Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Working on miracles, yeah, thank God, it's nice. It's a good gift of the Spirit. Gift of healing, gift of faith, yes. Discerning of Spirit, yes, it's an awesome gift. Word of wisdom, awesome. Word of knowledge, awesome. Those six are wonderful gifts. But there are three gifts that are the best gifts. And those three, you should covet earnestly. Are you a New Testament Christian? 
there are three gifts you should covet. Tongues. It's called diverse kinds of tongues. That's one. Interpretation. And what's the next one? Prophecy. Those are the gifts that open the New Testament. You now see, when it's time for God to now establish the New Testament season in the church, one thing God did, and you can see it just by experience, he toned down the operation of the other gifts and is amplifying the application of the best ones. <laughs> this thing should be answering some questions in your heart. <laughs> Why sometimes you feel like, wow, the presence is so. Ah. You expect me some healing to break out, but, but instead, tongues are coming. It's as if everybody is. Why, why do we all have the same? Why, why isn't there a walk out miracle in our midst? Who just come? <laughs> Is in line. What we are experiencing is in line with the scriptures. That these are the these are the, these are the when you, this New Testament season when it began to open up in the Church of Corinth, Corinthians, when Paul Paul didn't have to write a whole chapter about how to handle gift of healing about how to handle, it was how is these best gifts that the Lord had began to amplify their operations. He began to teach them, okay, how to handle tongues, mm-hmm. how to make sure. Then he said, if, if a new believer comes, you know, into your midst, and you are just tonguing, and there is no interpretation and all, you say, how will they? You know, normally you should think in this era, what should be able to convert an unbeliever when they come should be mighty miracles. Mm-hmm. But that's not what was happening in this church. The movement, the operation of, of the Spirit, sorry, that was the that the Holy Ghost was using as a sign of the supernatural was in those spectacular miracles because they had moved into New Testament season. Things have changed. In the book of Acts era, it was more of what? Walking of miracles, the spectacular faith, and because the New Testament wasn't opening up. The best. best, the best gift. Praise God. So let's read that chapter 14, verse 1 again. It says, Follow after charity, right? And desire spiritual gifts. That word, but rather, the, the reason for but rather is you are trying to tell you the spirit, desire spiritual gifts, right? You say, Desire spiritual gifts generally, but that was the meaning of but rather, preferably. That you may yes. what? Prophesy. That you may prophesy. You now wonder when you go back to Joel chapter 2, verse 28, why didn't they say, I will pardon my spirit upon all flesh, and then they shall lay hand on the sea? They will have so much faith they can move mountains. A word of knowledge will come. Word of knowledge. Remember I told you about that chapter. That chapter is talking about the accurate. What will really happen? 
Do you see that? Prophecy, prophecy. So, so you see those three gifts. Tongues, interpretation. Sorry, diverse kinds of tongues. Then you have interpretation. Then you have prophecy. The summer, to summarize those gifts. Oh, there's a way we, Higgins summarized it. What did he call them? He called them, no, not revelation. He called them the utterance gates. The utterance gate, right? Utterance. Say utterance. 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 And that word for utterance gift is they are the prophetic gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the sign of spirit are not prophetic. Wow. <laughs> they are not prophetic. Word of wisdom is not prophetic. Word of knowledge is not prophetic. The sign of spirit is not prophetic. Wow. All those things, you see them faith, working of miracles, and then healing, they are not prophetic. Prophetic is higher mm-hmm. yes. than all those God are gifts. Yeah. Now, so, say prophetic. prophetic. See those three gifts, they are the same thing. It's one thing. It's really one thing. It's the prophecy. It's the... Is they are the prophetic gift, but they are three in one. Two equal to the other. There are three, but two of them is equal to one of them. So sometimes the real one, which is prophecy, can just come. Sometimes, a lot of times, it doesn't just come. They have to bring the first one, which is tongues. Then when you have tongues by itself, it's not yet complete as prophecy. But when you add interpretation to tongues, tongues plus interpretation is equal to prophecy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, why are, the, why, are this, why are the prophetic gifts the best gifts? Why, what, what makes them the best? Oh, thank you. They are the gifts of the Spirit, right? What makes them the best out of all the gifts? Can you tell me, Chief? Yes. Can someone else tell me? Try again. They bring things from the supernatural. Yes. Materiality. Yes. Yes. They open up the New Testament. Amen. You're all correct. Praise God. Hallelujah. The reason why they are the best gifts is because they are the gifts that actually accomplishes what the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish. Right? Right? He helpeth our infirmities. And it's in that position where he's interceding, but with groanings that cannot be altered. To, to deal with that infirmity that make, keeps men below the realm of utterance and understanding, right, is what the gifts of the Spirit those gifts of the spirit, then the real gifts, the real, the best of the gifts, is what which accomplish what the giving of the spirit is meant to do. That's why when they pour out the spirit, is those gifts, is the prophetic gifts that you see in operation. Does that make sense? Are you seeing that? 
Now, now let me just okay. Time has gone. Ah, sorry. Okay. Okay. I mean, let's just read. Okay, let's read verse two. Is that? Can we read verse two? How many verses can we read? <laughs> when you go back, read it. Read the whole chapter. Well. <laughs> But rather that you may prophesy, prophesy. You should, if you, you should desire to prophesy. Are you a New Testament Christian? You should long for it. You should covet earnestly to prophesy. Let's just read it from verse two. It says, "For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue." Okay, before we come back to that. Oh, thank you. Okay. Amen. It says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, an unknown, an unknown tongue, other tongue, right? There's an unknown tongue. Speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Now, do you see this thing? Speaketh not unto men, but unto God. It's not the same thing. Now, they're talking about those who are speaking in an unknown. Are you seeing that? An unknown tongue. Now, those who are speaking, in an unknown tongue, alone, you're just speaking an unknown tongue. You're speaking to God. Yeah. And what does he speak? Praise God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. In the spirit. So an unknown tongue constitutes mysteries. Yeah. Now, that word mystery are many things. Though. So when he's saying speaketh unto God, it's not just God about God. The mysteries he's speaking. Right in the book of Colossians chapter three, he explains the realm, all the different categories of mysteries. Right, uh, your heart being knit together that you might be come unto the what? Yes. And the mysteries of God and of the Father. Colossians chapter three, am I correct? Chapter two, sorry, verse one. Please, can you read it? Yes. And unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding. Understanding? To the acknowledgement of the mystery of God. Okay. And of Christ. Full assurance of understanding. The way you come to full assurance of understanding, which is the fulfillment of Isaiah 28, right? Who teach, you've been taught knowledge and caused to understand doctrine. So when. So the, when you've been caused to understand doctrine is when you have, is actually the, you've come into full help mm. of the Spirit. Mm. The reason for help is to help deal with your infirmity. The, the, the sign your infirmities are being deal, dealt with is your ability to, your, your progression, your advancement in the understanding of mysteries mm. of the persons of God. Am I correct? Say, for I would that ye know what would come to heart for you, heart for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts being comforted, then being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance. That word comforted is talking about the the Holy Spirit is the one who brings comfort. 
praise God, to the soul. And then we make their heart knitted together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of what? The mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom. So when you when you say he's speaking mysteries unto God, so it's actually the fellowship of mysteries, praise God, which tongues and which unknown tongues gives to a soul. So when a soul is speaking in unknown tongues, you are fellowshipping in mysteries. You are fellowshipping. Are you getting me? You are fellowshipping in what? In mystery. Say, how be it in the spirit? Back to First Corinthians 14. How be it in the spirit? He speaketh mysteries. Then we see verse 3. Verse 3. Then but he that prophesied <laughs> speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Who is that? He, the first verse spoke about he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then he asked him, but he that prophesied. I said before that they, that tongue, speaking in the tongue, is by itself, standing alone, doesn't constitute prophecy because it doesn't include utterance. And it doesn't include the giving of knowledge. It doesn't include revelation. Praise God. But to make it prophecy, when they say, but he that prophesied, is either he who has utterance of prophecy or he who has tongue but added to tongue is an addition of interpretation. He said, when you add interpretation to tongues, it makes it greater because it equates it to prophecy. And prophecy is greater. Praise God. Then verse 4, then he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, what is he doing? He's edifying himself. Do you see that? And he that prophesied edifieth the church. <laughs> what is the meaning of edifieth itself? What he's just telling is that pro- when you speak in an unknown tongue, it adds, it's something has been added inside you. Do you see that? Some spiritual materiality has been has been added on the inside of you. You, you are fellowshipping in mysteries. Is so something means something has been added. Even though you might not have come into the the utterance, because if there is no yet prophetic grace present, it might not at that moment constitute utterance. At the future, a tongue that you have, you, you know, the tongue can enter you and be staying inside you for weeks, and it's still there. It has happened to me before. Tongues have stayed inside me for years. Sometimes, so years after it, it now became utterance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, years after that's when the, the tongue now break open. Hey, oh, so this what this tongue has been about since. But that before then, you are still carrying it. It's still an it's, still an, it's a component in something inside of you, and you are still carrying it. It's been added to you. Do you do you get that? It's, some, it's, a, it's a type of edification that has not yet been complete, but you are still carrying it on the inside. Does that make sense? So, but when 
but now if you but who, who is prophesying but the, the different the, the, the issue with that is that you are carrying something that can't really edify if it's just a tongue it can't edify why can't you edify it must be what utterance it must be turned into utterance and what makes it utterance is this prophetic grace Right, mm-hmm. prophetic. Say prophetic grace. prophetic grace. If you know the power of the prophetic, imagine something that can take a mystery of God and then bring it into a realm of understanding. What a power! What a power! Praise God! Now, Hallelujah. now you see, I mentioned three. Those three gifts. There's prophecy, right? Then, I say tongues. Then interpretation. Equals prophecy. Now, do you know that prophecy means more than just opening your mouth and talking? In our last message, there was a more accurate definition of prophecy. I said it's imagery. Yes, sir. Do you, are you getting it? Yes, sir. That's why what you see when that oracular operation of interpretation of tongues is happening, most of the time it's more... Is more of an imprint, image imprint because that's a sign of prophecy. Do you know? Do you know that inside prophecy there is dreams, visions? Do you know that inside prophecy there is teaching, revelation? Is here now. Is here. Even inside prophecy there is what they call singing with the spirit too. What do you say, 20 what? In 26. Say, how is it then, brethren, when you come together, everyone having a sound, a doctrine, a tongue, they say, heart a revelation, a heart an interpretation. Are you seeing a revelation? Then you ask an interpretation. Do you know that when the way the spirit of prophecy wants to demystify a tongue, sometimes it might not be in, with the gift of interpretation. It can be through a revelation by teaching. Sometimes the tongue can come, and instead of interpretation coming, the teacher will teach it out. It's here. It's here too. It can be a revelation. It can also be a doctrine. So sometimes a tongue can come, and that tongue is a doctrine that can be taught. When tongues, that's why (laughs) there's some of these things we have to be handled as. More, we need to hallow them more. Mm. Yes, sir. A whole, the heaven can download a whole message in tongues. Has happened before. Has happened before. A whole fresh message. Many times. Many times. A whole, sometimes a whole fresh message that can be, be teaching for weeks can come in one meeting in tongues. Yes, and when it comes, that one is doctrine. Doctrine is more when they say you say doctrine there, they say it's also revelation. Revelation is talking about a particular unveiling. Doctrine is is, is more of is a bigger body that has many unveilings inside. That is a but doctrine is a body. That's what they mean there by doctrine. So a tongue can be a doctrine. They just bring a doctrine by tongue that has to that has to be progressively unveiled over time. It's still that tongue. Okay. That can be Unveiling it. Amen. Are, are you seeing that? 
Praise the Lord. Say, but he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation. So the purpose of prophecy is for what? Edification and exhortation. To edify and to exhort. And he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edified himself. But he that prophesied edified the church. You see, I will that ye all speak with tongues. Yeah, of course, I want all of you to speak with tongues. You do not see that, but rather again, that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interprets. <laughs> Praise God. Are you seeing it? <laughs> Why except he interprets? Because when he interprets, it has now become prophecy. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> but if you only speak in tongue that operation is lower because it cannot edify and exalt but when you now interpret it's now become prophecy so, so that the church may receive edifying now if I come to you speaking with tongues what shall it profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation, or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine. <laughs> Amen. Read verse 12. It says, Even so, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, they seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Right? See, you guys like gifts a lot. It's good. Be zealous of it. But seek. There's something that you should seek in those gifts that you may excel in gifts to the edifying. And that how, which of the gifts brings about edifying? Is the, those three the best ones? Do you see that? See, wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and then I will pray with the understanding also. What will make you able to pray with the understanding? is because you've gained access to be able to interpret. And I will sing with the Spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. Else how, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupy the room of the unlearned say amen <laughs> at the giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? Amen. amen. Praise God. Uh, time has gone in. Eh? Yes. Well, if you have time, read more. Read more of this. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so these are, this is a, we are in a prophetic time. It's very clear. We are in a, we're in a prophetic time, and they need to make us increase in prophetic. Both there's the gift aspect of it, but 
You know, it's not just about the gift. You are saying edifying. Edifying. How many times does this say edifying in this chapter? It's about edifying. It's for building up. It's for building up. These things are necessary for building. They are not, you know, sometimes when there's atmosphere of the Spirit, some, some people might not. You want, why did Paul say, despise not prophesying? Single that thing out. Forbid not to speak with tongues. Despise not prophesying. Why did he not say, forbid not to operate the gift of healing? Do not despise healing. Do not despise working of miracles. Why, why, why did he single out those ones? Right, forbid not to speak with tongues. Because why? Those things are key. Amen. <laughs> those are key to the New Testament experience. They are actually they are vital to them to be able to bring things out of the Spirit. Amen. So that God's people can be established. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The the prophetic grace that's available to us will be on the increase. The operations of the Spirit in our lives. So, yeah, so it should be very clear to everybody, these are not things that you say, well, these are the prophets. Ah, those are the ones that interpret tongues with me. I don't interpret tongues. So, so let's leave it for them. Me, I just read Bible. Amen. <laughs> me, I just don't know. But these things are vital. Paul says you should seek earnestly covet. Earnestly desire the best gifts. Even if you just say you don't like gifts of the Spirit, so maybe leave the other ones, say you don't like them, but this ones, <laughs> can you please? Because they are needed. They are essential. Don't, do not, if you have a nature that is not, that is fashioned contrary to tongues, recorrect that nature by the Spirit. Pray to God. If you have a nature that is that is averse to things like that, uh, prophesying, tongues, prophecy, interpretations. Mm -hmm. those, are, those are the New Testament. <laughs> Praise God. They are the best. They are the best. Yeah, of course, those are, they themselves are not an end in themselves. You know, so what we're not saying, we're not saying now, let's now move Jesus and bring gifts of the Spirit. No. <laughs> what, but they are necessary to help us access everything that the Lord has to give us. Praise God. Overall, this is a, a season of the Spirit. There's so much grace available for souls to increase, to gain things from God, for our heart to be furnished with things. things there are things the Holy Ghost needs to dish out to soul. You know, He gives severally as He wills. Praise God. Um, so, they are, as the Lord tunes us more, you know, you need more the, the uh, prophetic grace available, both corporately and then in our own lives, determine how much knowledge, understanding, revelation, it's in the revelation, doctrine, all these things. It's prophetic grace in your life when you are, you are yielded fully to them. Allow them to express don't inhibit them. Mm. Don't choke them down. Be conscious about stirring them up. Mm. Praise God. When you are, and then you become at home with the prophetic, mm. you see that you, you edifying will increase. Mm. Praise the Lord. Mm. Our Father, we thank you. Glory. Let's just pray a little bit. Uh, Merci, Pano. 
Oh, Makara Doste. Glory, glory, glory. Komanaste, Stoprofeta Parona. Mr. Prodigy, the Cleveland of Sunday, the Branda, a Carmel is a good
Father. Our Father, we bless your name today. We give you glory for your word and for the impartation of your spirit. Father, thank you for all understanding concerning this vital element of the season of revelation of the New Testament. Our God, we pray, Lord, let every heart, let our heart come under this impartation, Lord. But I'm asking for fresh prophetic doors to open up. I pray for every heart under the sound of my voice. I pray, God, let it be opening of doorways, pathways, access into the prophetic. Father, I pray for the purpose of edification, for building up, for peace, quickness in the spirit, that you would divide portions upon everyone as the spirit came upon each one, clothing tongues as a fire upon every head on that day of Pentecost. May there, may there be a division of the spirit, people of the spirit of the Lord, of the spirit of Christ, Lord, for access to the mysteries of your Son, of the Father, and of God. Thank you, our God. We give glory to your name today. Lord, I am praying, Lord, let there be impartation. Amen. I ask for measures of the Holy Ghost. Is dealing his administration Amen. over the hearts of your people. Amen. May it be on the increase. Amen. Thank you, Father. As many who are desiring operations of those gifts, they're desiring those gifts to operate at the higher level. Those who are want it even anew or fresh Holy Spirit you give severally as you will it's for the power of edifying of your people I pray may no heart be bankrupt of this blessing I pray God even those who have operated it at a lower level may they begin to operate at a higher level my virtue of the prophetic the abundance of the prophetic will break out. There will be a breakout of songs in the spirit. Breakout of understanding. Breakout of revelation. Breakout of doctrine. He said, With stammering lips, with another tongue, shall you speak to these people? Lord, we're asking for the speaking, teaching of doctrine, and the giving of understanding. May it be so unto us. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You dwell between the cherubim shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim shine forth.